is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris, and I'm here with Amanda with another Hello. episode of Vocal Perspective. We have an awesome guest this evening. I don't get to spend much time with this person. I feel like she was kind of just coming in as I was. We were all hitting a pandemic. I don't know. I just feel like I didn't get to spend much time with you. But please, everyone, um, welcome Amanda Pitts. How are you, Amanda? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You know those people in your life who are your Facebook friends, and you're like, yeah, I know them. That's what Amanda is. And I'm always like, I know somebody who's an anchor on TV, like all the time. My brother was a weatherman. Sorry, my brother is a meteorologist, but my brother was on television for quite a long time. But I think I tell more people about knowing you. Just a little claim to fame. I'm not used to being the one interviewed, so. Oh, that's right. That's true. She does a lot of really important interviews. So so by the middle of this, Amanda's just going to take over. It'll be great. She's going to find a way to spin it. You know it. That's how she's, she's already like thinking. So Amanda, we always like to start these with how did you get drawn into this niche world of acapella and barbershop? So I was actually a six-year-old girl when I was introduced to barbershop. My parents had divorced and my mom was looking for a hobby and she didn't want to pay a babysitter. So she was watching TV one day and saw a commercial and it was for my chorus. And she was like, oh, I'll check it out and brought me along. She became a member and I just sat in the area for a couple years. I learned all the music just sitting there and all the choreography. And my chorus qualified for international. That was 2003 and I was nine. And my director, Gail Jensik, was like, how about Amanda join us for international? Why not? There's no age restriction. So I joined and that's that. The rest is history. You beat Maggie. You beat Maggie by like two years or something like that. Or three, 13. She was 13. So like four years. Yeah, I have that on her. And I also, I think I was the youngest to compete on the international stage in Sweet Adelines for I held that title for a while until yeah, it was Rose. yeah exactly it was very rare it was kind of frowned upon in some weird ways sounds familiar we had a seven-year-old in Bellanova once and that was they huddled because they're like what do we do with this it's like it's not her voice it's making us sound youthful you know so we ended they ended up doing nothing about it but I think it's so cool again another barbershop family connection we keep finding this that it's usually not just one generation it really isn't it either starts with a mom or a grandma and and keeps growing or it starts with a new member who becomes a mom and passes it on and are you still singing with that chorus do you still participate with them today I do yep so it's been bad at math, 2003 to 2021. So almost. Oh, you're getting close to your 20 year mark. That's so incredible. That's it's really so, incredible. It's so scary. Time has passed. But my mom actually, her aunt was in Harmony Incorporated in Rhode Island in the first chorus in Rhode Island. Well, that's the, she's like a original because Rhode Island is where it started, baby. That was the, that's our birthplace. That's where Harmony Inc. laid its roots. So it's an incredibly important place to our organization. Very similar to how other organizations, the men's in Tulsa and, you know, but for Harmony Inc., Providence, frankly, was is really a very strong hub so that's where our roots 
started. And now I, you know, most people now know you as a member of Adrenaline, which Chris and I, well, we're, when we're recording this, we just got to see pictures of Adrenaline Quartet all getting back together. And that made me really happy because every time I see a quartet or a chorus just get back together, I'm like, one step closer, <laughs> one step closer. Tell us a little bit about Adrenaline because, you know, Adrenaline has found some success in the barbershop world, but also has gained a little bit of attention in the contemporary world too. That's great. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, the contemporary world kind of pays attention to barbershop. I mean, there are a few of us that do crossover, but if you yeah. ask, four names. I, I think Adrenaline would be a quartet name that a lot of people recognize. So. Oh, that's such an honor. No, so we formed five years ago this fall and we did Rising Star right after we formed. We Our first rehearsal was BHS Midwinter in 2017 and then we went to Rising Star that summer and that's where we won. That was really our goal and then we were like, well, need a new goal. And so we've just been shooting for regionals. So that's what we've been up to. Although who knows when we'll be competing again. So we're just are rehearsing to rehearse and see how we sound together again. And we got a new bass, Kesney, last fall. So we've only been with, not last fall. Last fall was the last year, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been with Kesney for two years, but we have only had now two rehearsals with her. So it's been really tough because we met her and she joined our quartet like months before the pandemic. And then we couldn't do anything because we're long distance. We couldn't fly and it just wasn't safe. And so this was really our, we're trying, we're saying it's our first rehearsal because it's really been so long, you know, and so just laying that foundation again and honestly just hanging out and spending time together. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, Amanda lives, I don't know, as the crow fly, flies like 20 miles from me, but like it takes us like an hour to get to each other. And I've seen her maybe twice or three times in this entire pandemic. And we were singing with each other three days three, a week. Four times a week. Yeah, four <laughs> times a week. Sometimes we didn't even want to, we were, you know? And I definitely get very kind of choked up when I see quartets and I think like, will it be there again? But then I see and I'm like, thankfully, it's still important and it's something that we're still willing to carve time out for. It's a hobby for as much as we want to say, you know, it really is. And it's a passion. And so it's not something that you expect to get something from all the time. But when it just goes away, it's a huge void. And it makes everything in life for me harder when I'm not. But now that you're coming off of a weekend reunited, what does the future look like? Because we're all kind of starting with a little bit of a blank slate. Yeah, I mean, honestly, trying to schedule another rehearsal weekend, we're trying not to plan too far out. And full disclosure, we're all super poor. So we're trying to save money to have a rehearsal. And it's so pricey being a long distance quartet. So we're just trying to plan for our next weekend and then hopefully regional. If that happens, we're really hoping it does. So we can get back to region four because we love it there. So region four is, I get so confused by the Sweet Islands region. So I'm like, I can't figure out which number is where. Is it just by the number that, I mean, is there any rhyme or reason to it? Is it like geographical? Like, I don't even understand. There's an 11 next to a 35. I don't, I just need to know. See, that was a question for Anne. We should have left her. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is done regionally. I don't know the significance of the numbers. I should know this as I'm approaching my 20th year. But Region 4, I know our contest is in Kentucky and that Maggie yes. sings chorus in Nashville. Yeah. And her region four. That's where my I was in area four and I knew that there was a Sweet Out Alliance region four real close by. But there's okay. also like a region twenty three. 
or something. I don't know. Like Chicago's like something in the twenties. I don't know. I really have no idea. And I live in region one. So I was like, oh, maybe it goes by who was founded first. By but your area two. Yeah, was not founded in New England. So I'm I'm at a loss. Right. And your area two in Harmony Inc. And we yeah. were founded in and we New were England. So. None of it makes sense. It's fine. We should just change Barbershop math. So Chris mentioned at the top of the interview that you're also a newscaster. I mean, we all follow you. I know more about the Providence. I do uh, too. I know that. I probably know about my own. But I mean, how do you incorporate that? Because I feel like there are a lot of things that you can learn from both that will benefit both. Definitely. I was recently on a news podcast and I said the opposite about how Barbershop has helped my news life. People always say that to me, barbershoppers, that they are so in tune with Rhode Island news. From They're like, <laughs> we know more about what's going on where you live than where we live. But yeah, I, I would say like, especially when I'm like going live, and I'm memorizing, not, I don't memorize scripts. We sort of ad lib and we know like the points that we want to hit when going live. And so that memory thing that you do when singing and remembering all of your interp and all of your plan and your breath plan, the memorizing, I would say coincides with reporting and also just like the whole performance aspect of it. Cause you're not just standing in front of a camera, like looking boring, like you want to be performing in a way to keep the viewers engaged. So they are related, the two. It's pretty crazy to think about it. So what is your hope, Amanda, for Barbershop when it rises again from all of our COVID crushing dreams? What do you think is going to be the biggest difference when we come back from all this? Do you think there'll be some changes, some differences? What do you, what do you, what's your sense? I hope that there are a lot of good changes. I'm a bit worried just about membership and hearing the organizations and how many members they're losing and I mean who wants to be on zoom I'm so sick of zoom so I get it I'll say but... on a zoom interview <laughs> <laughs> although that's not real you know you're just using the audio yes I hate I hate weekly things that I have to attend on zoom and I run them and I hate it so I hear you I feel like it's taken the fun out of it although it's great that we have zoom I mean it's been so awesome to keep choruses together and that social aspect of it. But yeah, I'm really hoping that people come back and are even more energized to learn and do better. And what I'm hoping, I guess, is that people are really working on their singing skills during this. Yeah. And I feel, if anything, my group is getting back together. My I have a men's group, very small, about 12, 15 guys on average, and they're getting together weekly. And what I noticed after the Zoom stint was that their ears were much more perceptive those of us who live in cans or have headphones on all the time, you know how much more fine-tuned your ears are for picking out things because headphones can take away a lot of nuance, but they can also add back. You can hear things that you can't hear when you have them off. And so I found my guys are almost like they're singing more gentle. They're not necessarily singing quiet, but they're not doing that whole like full on belt because their ears are either not conditioned to it or they're like, I want to think that they're actually listening. So being that you, I mean, you work in television. I don't know how you do it where you actually have to listen to yourself because I know you do. And I don't think the barbershop world was ready for that. At least my guys were not ready on Zoom. But I think it's really important. I mean, do you use your quartet or anything use recordings or like use this to, to kind of get better? 
Yeah, we honestly did not do anything during the pandemic. We didn't do anything virtual. We barely, we just talked as friends. We did nothing quartet wise. We were just so sad and we didn't know when barbershop was coming back. And so we were just like, let's just pause. In normal times, I do record myself for them to rehearse against. And I do hate listening to my voice, my talking voice, my singing voice. And I have to do it every day because I edit my own work. And so I have to go through my own tracks and put it together for my story that goes on the news. And it's so cringy and I hate it. And that's something I feel like you never get over. Yeah, you get used to it. You never get over it, but you get used to it. And I think it is really useful. My guys have been so much more aware. And whether that's good or bad, I never judge them, but I'm like, just go listen to it. I always say, if you just listen to this recording I shared, I think we'll be better next week because you won't want to sound like that. Or you will want to sound like that. I will say I've had some hope this week because my mixed chorus here in Massachusetts, well, not here, but in Massachusetts next door to where I am in Rhode Island, we got together on Sunday for our first rehearsal and we have 70 members. That's amazing. Yes. And we're we're fully in person because we're requiring vaccinations and proof of vaccination and we're requiring masks when we're singing. And it's just so awesome. 70 members. That's including our two directors. So 68 singers. That's incredible. Do you have a name? What's the name? Voices. United Mix. It's amazing. And we just chartered, so we're the Southern New England chapter of VHF, and it's so exciting. That's amazing. Renewed my hope in Barbershop this morning. That's huge. And I think, not that I'm all about jump on the mix train, but there's going to be a lot of codependencies out there ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to have a hard time not being with their people. If you can make your group as inclusive and inviting, or just make it so that it's a more of a family or open type environment. Or if you have a bunch of ladies or a bunch of guys that are showing up to your respective groups, help them form another one. There's never been a problem having an, an arm of anything. It only will build you up. And look, you could have a mixed group of 70 members and you could be singing arrangements that those quartets sing that are have like 17 octaves. <laughs> if you have guys and girls and all of them, everyone. So what was that like for you? I mean, coming out of the all women's environment and now moving into a more inclusive, more mixed. Higher? I assume it's higher. It actually is. So I sing lead. It's lower. Oh, so you're singing lead. Yeah. And I love it. And I honestly, I do love my women's only chorus. I will say I like having events where there's no men and no men are within sight. I do love that. And I, but I also love the mixed stuff and it's been different singing wise, just singing a bit lower. And I'm a section leader in my chorus. So I'm also working with male singers and how their voices work. And they're like, oh, this tag is too high for me. And just sort of working through that. And I'm not used to that in my women's chorus, but nothing but good. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Yeah, everyone always is curious. They're like, what is a all women's event like? And I'm like, it's like a slumber party for like four mm-hmm. days. That's what it feels like. It is like the best slumber party. Mm-hmm. It's eye-opening to the men that do attend. My husband's first convention, he's like, I am outnumbered here. And he's like, that's fine. It's like it smells better. Nobody cares what I'm wearing. He loves it. So is your mixed chorus going to gear up for, we think that the first competitions back now will actually be open. So is competition on the horizon for this group? Yeah, we're planning to go to the Northeastern District contest this fall, which falls on Halloween weekend. And they're still on, right? Oh my gosh, you're like one of five that has not been canceled. Yeah, we're still on as of right now. I believe that they're, so it's held at a university. So they're requiring vaccinations and masks 
masking when you're not on stage, I believe. So I think they're working through all those details now, but as of right now, it's so that's awesome because our vaccination rate is just great in this area, which we're really lucky. Go New England. Good job. Sorry to rub it in your face. Oh, Maryland's okay. Maryland's good. Maryland's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Maryland's got 80% now, so we're good. It's just there's a lot of kids in Maryland. So we just got to get them vaccinated because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of kids and not a lot of schools. So like all the kids are shoved together. So we just got to yeah. get them. But I mean, Virginia, our numbers are going down. I mean, Northern Virginia, our numbers are going down, but our neighbors in West Virginia. are. All right. So the next question, and this kind of ties into what we talked about at the beginning about, you know, you join your chorus so young. So what advice would you give your young self, a.k.a. all of the other little girls out there? Oh, I'm going to cry. Just kidding. I would say if I could talk to myself, I would say be more confident. I was so shy and I was so scared. I had this really, really loud voice. I say in the past tense, I still have that voice. I was so scared to sing out and I was just so shy and self-conscious and auditioning for solo singing in quartets really got me out of my shell. That's why I did quartetting and why I probably have this career I have now. If I was still shy, I certainly would not be in this field. So barbershop really helped me with that. And I would say be confident. And yeah, I guess that's my advice. Okay, so we know you sing lead now, but if you could sing any other part, what would it be? Okay, I did Moonlight on bass for a few years. And I love bass. So if you weren't singing lead, you'd probably be wanting to do some bass. Yeah, and I also sing tenor in the car. So I would like to- So basically Although- what you're saying is baritones are, you know. You're like, I don't need, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I have those skills, but I can't read music and I'm just not smart in that way. So you don't want me to sing baritone. All these baritones. Amanda says she can't read music either. It's like these crazy people. I don't know what they're talking about. I can't read bass clef. And I got made fun of at Bellanova rehearsal because, you know, I've been a baritone in Rightfully Bellanova so, for Rightfully four years. So. I'm so- you but, you know, it. all I've, I've only ever had to read treble clef and I can read bass clef, but it's really slow. And then I forget that I'm in bass clef and I start calling them by the treble clef. She's playing her tiny violin for me. But anyway, women's barbershop should just be written in treble clef. I'm just saying. So for those people out there that aren't friends with you on Facebook or are not following Adrenaline, what is an Adrenaline rehearsal like when you actually do get to be together? Wow. We've actually only had like a couple. This sounds crazy being together for five years. We've really only had like two rehearsal weekends because we always plan them around events. So we'll go to international and be like, hey, we'll rehearse here and we'll go to midwinter. Hey, we'll rehearse here. So that's another thing. When you're poor, you take advantage of the events so you can do both. I would four say, girls in a room is way cheaper than one. So lately we've been, so we usually will try to schedule a coach because we got to take advantage of our time together. This weekend we didn't have a coach and we kind of just sang for each other and coached each other, which was really awesome. So we just went through, we said, hey, have these songs prepared. If you're still on paper, like that's fine. We're just seeing through things for the first time. And then we just did a lot of pick and shovel work on those songs that we focused on. And then obviously go out to eat, go drinking. You have to have fun. You have to have fun. Well, and you know, they often say don't coach from the inside, but I think when a group can get comfortable enough with each other to actually have those conversations and to respect the expertise or even just the opinions of the people you sing with, it only makes you stronger. The more you can communicate with your quartet or with your group, the better, period. And we have Jaden, who's a music educator. Maggie's on the international board and she's international faculty. You've been singing since you were six. 
and has me grew up in barbershop too and so it's like great opinions and valued each other's opinions I will say that I'm probably the most sensitive so I'm like please also toss in a compliment when you're critiquing me I can't take it three positives negative right coming from love coming yeah coming from a place of love and concern you really suck there if you you look dead inside during this section your voice is beautiful but you sound like a dream my um contemporary group will do that a lot so we sat down with each other and like you said it is you know don't coach from within but you do have to be able to talk to each other really openly and we finally had to have we sat down and we're like look everyone has to think about what they say before it comes out of their mouth don't say something snarky or personal and then on the other side when you are on the receiving end don't take it personally me telling you that that note was sharp is not me telling you that i think you're a terrible person so hard and barbershop makes it even harder in my opinion because it's so much less i don't know it's so much more personally based it's so much more based in personal relationships it's very rare that you find a quartet that doesn't have some sort of personal connection of why they're together Uh, they're not just together to make money wait what we're not rich we're not getting rich from this wait you get to make money (laughs) i was like wait wait I'm doing something wrong. No, I've made not a cent. I've been fortunate enough to not have to pay for a lot of things here and there. Thankfully, I don't know who was paying for it. It might have been other quartet members. And I was just so young that they just let me think it was some kind of gift or we were making enough to cover it. But yeah, it's never been something that was driven monetarily ever. So, All right. So I know you live in New England, so I might know the answer to this, but we might be surprised. Summer or winter? Summer. Summer in New England or summer somewhere else where it's warmer? No, summer in New England where it's perfect and sometimes really hot, but very infrequently. All right. So I have one more quick fire, rapid fire question that we've now stolen from this other show, Tacapella. So, I mean, you've got almost 20 years of experience. If there were one experience that if you were trying to tell someone else, like why they should give this art form a shot, what experience would you tell them about? Wow, that's a big question. I try. Oh boy. Hmm. To get them to join? To just, I mean, get them to join or just reconsider their thoughts on the art form. I would say, wow, just one thing. I don't even know. I would say, I guess, like the community aspect of Barbershop, having this community, like Chris said, knowing people on Facebook, (laughs) but not in real life. I think that's the best part of Barbershop is the connections you make. And how even when you feel like maybe a little bit lost in your personal life, you know, you have this huge network of people that care about you. All you got to do is post on Facebook, I'm sad. And you get like hundreds, not that I do that. And it's the barbershoppers. It's not hundreds of random people. It's not hundreds of strangers. It's not even friends from high school. It may be that Amanda is more my friend on Facebook than she is in real life. But if I saw her in real life, I would run up to her immediately. You know what I mean? And so it's, and there's a tie that just binds y'all together. And barbershop, once it sinks its barb in there, it's hard to get it out. Yeah. And it's just nice to have that. Why would you? Yeah. That support. It's like a huge family. And I love that. And I don't think that you get that with other hobbies. I wouldn't know. I don't do any other hobbies. And I think that's the important thing. Like I I often say that too, but I'm like, I don't really do anything else. I mean, softball is pretty cool. And they do that with my little daughter, but it's not the same. Singing is a different, different thing. But if you did, uh, so you say you don't have any other hobbies. If you didn't do barbershop, what hobby do you think you'd do? Oh gosh, definitely not anything in sports. Maybe I I would say dance, but I think I'd be bad. My friend's a dance teacher. I'm not sure if he'd want me. I love to read. I don't know if I would put on book clubs or something or work at a library. (laughs) I'm so boring. 
I love that. So what's your top book choice right now? What's on your bedside table? This is embarrassing, but I love the Nicholas Sparks book. <gasps> is this a new one? It's the new one. <gasps> I haven't read this one. My favorite book of all time is At First Sight and True Believer. Those are my favorite books ever. I love him without shame. I know it's so corny and basic, but no, no I shame. love the I love the romance. And he does it so you know, well. Yeah, you know how it's gonna end. I did not know <laughs> how At First Sight and how True Believer was going to end. And I came off of an airplane to my poor dad picking up his twenty-two-year-old daughter who had moved away and was living in another state she gets off the airplane and I'm like my sleeves are soaked I looked like I had just been through like the worst event of my life and my dad's like I don't even I'm like I need to talk to somebody about this book yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you what is this one The Return oh I can't wait Zac Efron's gonna be in a movie about it soon I'm sure I know Zac Efron isn't as hot as he used to be I know see him in it. he went into the mountains Got all hairy. That's what all men did during the pandemic, isn't it? They, they just all grew their hair and decided they wanted beards and mustaches. And I hope no Zac Efron fans come for me after hearing that. It's all right, fan, and I, I'd tell them the same. Is there anything else you wanted to touch yeah, on, Amanda? Anything more we... acapella you're doing these days or any? No, I wish I was doing contemporary stuff. I think that whole world is so awesome. All I know is barbershop. I feel so... Hey, um... she, we, we know some people in Boston, Amanda. You can hook her up. I know. Well, we'll just have to introduce you to the Boston contemporary acapella scene there there used to be some groups in rhode island but there aren't many but boston is like a boston's hub. happening man yeah. i know of some collegiate groups from college but i'm much too old for that so boston has <laughs> all of the groups we'll have to connect. all the ex-collegiate acapella people are hanging out yeah. still in boston making yes. music so boston groups if you know what's good for you connect with amanda we'll connect she you got after a big the voice show. she said it i don't know if they want that we all want that <laughs> so amanda thank you so much i know we you get to interview people all day long so it was kind of fun to throw some crazy questions at you there at the end but we appreciate having you on the show and we were so excited to see adrenaline back together and we're so excited to see what you do there and to see what comes next out of your mixed chorus and just Getting the barbershoppers back together will be a great day that I hope happens sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you, guys. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for asking. And for our listeners, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.